0: Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean, the weekend edition. First of yesterday's news, I am Glensier B. We're looking back at Sunday and Saturday, because that is how weekends work. Um, Are we going to get the same kind of cannabis reform they're talking about in the States? Uh, A lot of sport new seasons getting underway, Phoenix, the Breakers, we've got a Women's World Cup happening, we've got a T20, it's all go, so we'll, we'll touch on one of those things anyway. Um, and RuPaul's Drag Race's winner joins Jack at the end of the pod. At the beginning of the pod, though, uh, new mayors here, there, and everywhere, Um, and many of them, uh, let's just say, right-leaning. What did we make of all this? Um, And this is a bit of a warning shot for Labour with the upcoming general election.
1: One of the most prominent examples of this is the colossal middle finger that the voters have given to the status quo in voting for cranky, is he cranky, <laughs> curmudgeonly Wayne Brown, and the rejection of people endorsed by the Prime Minister. Paul Eagle, indes- endorsed by the Prime Minister, was at once a favourite for the Wellington Merrill He came in at fourth. And there was a time when Jacinda Ardern's stardust would have been seen as a powerful weapon with any endorsement, but to me it seems more akin to the commentator's curse. Um, Recently, when um, when the Prime Minister actually, in my, and in my opinion, half-heartedly endorsed Efeso Collins, being on the, the day that the postal vote closed, I remember thinking, well, that's him screwed. So the results of this election, I reckon, are going to put some sort of a speed bump, even in, just in terms of energy, whether or not they ride roughshod over the wishes of the, the locals. I think there's going to be a bit of a speed bump in the government's plans, especially around things like Three Waters. Sure, they can push ahead with it. But if they're going to read in anything into this result of this election, it's probably that the agenda that they've been pushing is not playing out well. And to continue to ride roughshod over local body representatives is not going to play well when it comes to election time next year.
0: Yeah, I feel like, I mean, I, I think I've commented on this before, but it's probably, it may or may not be worth repeating it. However, it's the only opinion I've got right now, so I would have to repeat it. I feel like that our local body politics didn't used to be quite this partisan. It was more of a personality thing. But now it seems to be people voting down party lines. So I don't know what that's about. Of course, Stephen Joyce uh, used to be a national MP. I think he was minister in charge of making the tea. Uh, What does he make of it all? Do these results for you show an
2: appetite for change?
0: Well, you'd have to say it looks a bit that way, doesn't it? Um,
3: And there'll be people that say, well, he would say that. But but actually, I think probably what it, to me, more clearly says that there is some real concerns around some of the things the government has been doing with local councils because quite a few of the councils have elected people who have opposed things like Three Waters, opposed some of the, um, I think, fairly called anti-car transport stuff uh, and um, and this is really the first time the public have had a vote on that stuff because none of three waters co-governance or, or the transport stuff has really been put before the public before and I've now had a look at it and uh, they're basically saying they want some change
0: how surprised are you by the low voter turnout though
3: um, it's it's very hard to get um, to, 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 to get vo- uh, voter turnout in, in local bodies I think I think um, I think Auckland was similar to the last couple of times, wasn't it? um and I'm not familiar with how it was, but it's always been you know it's always been pretty low around the country, but I think it would be a mistake for the left to say, ah oh, well, it was a low voter turnout who's yeah.
0: it was quite a lot less in Auckland than last time and as in normally it's it's uh, well up into the thirties this time it's more in the mid twenties. yeah, well, that's interesting, isn't it
3: but again you, you, you it'll be taking um I think Sol solace to say. Oh, look, we won't worry about it because it was a low vote.
0: Yeah, I've got to confess, my purple envelopes are still sitting on a shelf in the pantry. Um, I don't think those votes count. I think you actually had to put them in a post box. Yeah, I just was not motivated at all. I, What does that mean? I think it probably just means that I'm a bit useless. Uh, now, Jack Tame, I'm sure he voted. Um, and would he vote on a, a cannabis reform of some kind. But for all the inevitable noise off the back of Joe
2: Biden's announcement, the result of the New Zealand referendum means neither of the major political parties will legalise recreational cannabis until they're absolutely sure that a clear and substantial majority of voters supports them doing so. Having seen it fail once, even by a tiny margin, there's good reason to think a regulated market might still be several political cycles away. It's amazing. Since Colorado legalised recreational cannabis a decade ago, since that interview with the guy smoking cannabis in his gas mask, 18 other US states have followed suit. Cannabis has been decriminalised in 31 US states. But while New Zealand sticks doggedly to the status quo, cannabis use here isn't decreasing. A majority of Kiwi teens will have used it before their 20th birthday. It, being illegal, isn't changing anything. And just you watch. At exactly the same time as our politicians refuse to do anything about cannabis, many of them will vote against new restrictions on booze. In other words, we will criminalise the possession of one drug, but happily promote a more damaging one. The hypocrisy
0: rile. really hope I don't have to go back to buying alcohol off gang members. Is that what he's... I don't think... Maybe that's what he's promoting. I, I've probably extrapolated that out a little bit too far. Um, now, a lot of sport over the weekend. So Too much sport, probably. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, One of the things that got underway uh, last week was the breakers season. They started with a narrow loss in overtime, and now they've had a win. So that's good, in spite of the pink uniform.
3: How do you reflect back on the performance from your team last night?
4: Well, the most important thing is the result, which is the one we wanted. Uh, We're happy to get a win at Spark in front of our fans. We defended well. Um, Hold Tasmania for 65 points is a good thing for us. It's kind of where we want to hang our hats. Uh, It's our foundation as a team. Obviously, we didn't do a very good job on the defensive board. Giving them 22 offensive rebounds is way too much. and something that we need to solve. Four spurts. Our offense looked good and fluid, uh, especially in the first half. second half was a little bit more sluggish.
3: Before the game, Modi, did you have to intentionally or consciously take the emotion out of the occasion, given it was the first time you're back home in close to 500 days?
4: Oh, that's a great question. We definitely tried. <clears throat> the build-up into the game, like if you would have asked me this a week ago, and I'd say, no, it's a normal game. It's just like regular. We're going to just do things the normal kind of way. But two, three games in, you could see that it feels different. Uh, people in the street, people in the building, you can, I felt differently. Our players felt it a little bit different. There was a magnitude kind of building up into this event because of those of that 500
0: day count uh, I think we sensed it in the second half too Right, so that's uh, Coach Modi there um, I um, Let's hope that the breakers are back to you know when they used to be one of the top two teams in the competition for so long and then it all just fell over somehow uh, which was always a bit of a mystery to me. Uh, we're going to finish up here uh, with the winner of RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under. So you were a performer <laughs> as a kid, right? You
2: were into theatre sports. Yes. You were into music. Yes. But um, it, it was quite different to the performing you do now.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Growing up, uh, my brothers and sisters were all into, like, rock music. So that was sort of something that I saw as uh, the thing to do as well. Mm. So then those were the friends that I was making as well back then in high school. And mm. then we had a garage band and I brought a drum kit and then I had a bass guitar. And then, you know, I had um, a couple of different garage bands, one of which was uh, Horgy. Um And, yeah, it was... Um, <laughs> It was a way of uh, connecting and, and trying to find uh, your tribe and your people back then. Yeah,
2: because you know? maybe it's too simplistic, but that feels like a very different tribe to yes. your tribe.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's interesting when um, I felt like such an outcast my entire life, and I still do. The difference is now I celebrate feeling different. I see the 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 bonus to it. When you feel like such an outcast and you feel so different to everybody else, I guess you try and uh, find other people that may be feeling like that or going mm. through that and you kind of find common ground there. So I found that in like these bogans and these goth chicks and, you know, that was these people that I feel like, oh my gosh, they are kind of like in the fringe <laughs> and sort of marginalize themselves. Yeah. And that's how you sort of come together. So
2: why do you think you felt like an outcast?
5: Uh, I always just felt like a weirdo. I mean, like I was severely overweight my entire life. I was like 160 kilograms in my heaviest, genuinely morbidly obese. You know, I could have probably died very at a very young age if I kept going down that track. So, you know, I I was just, I, and I also knew that uh, I was gay mm-hmm. and I didn't think I could, I, I thought my life would absolutely crumble around me if I was to come out of the closet. I thought I would lose my family. I thought I would lose uh, my friends. I thought I would just absolutely Absolutely, be you know even sadder than I already was, you know. So, Ha. and
0: look at ketamine now. Um, I've never um, watched uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. I'm not into reality TV, is the main reason. Uh, if, if you, however, are into drag queens, uh, make sure you go and, and and you're sort of in the in or around the Auckland area. Make sure you check out the upcoming production of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert uh, at Centre Stage Theatre in a couple of weeks' time. I happen to know some people who are involved with that so this is just a shameless plug um, I'm Glenn ZB I'm actually married to one of the people involved in that Oh, Glenn ZB she's not one of the drag queens I just want to point out I don't think she is I haven't seen the show myself, so maybe she is uh, I'm Glenn ZB uh, that has been News towards ZB in the weekend edition we'll be back with more startling revelations and shameless plugs tomorrow see you then